you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Grab that and put it under your Christmas tree. Blame it on Christmas. Why am I out of control? We just men for it. Give me forgiveness for what's about to unfold. Deck the buckets with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Tis the season to make money. Fa la 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 la. Welcome to buckets. Happy holidays to you if you choose to celebrate. We're glad to have you with us as we wrap up the end of the year with our special Christmas edition of buckets. On today's show, we're going to give you the plays on the NBA's most special day of the regular season. It's Christmas Day Slate. We will break down every game in detail, give you sides, give you props, give you totals on most of the games. We'll give you best bets across the board. And to do that, well, I brought the whole crew from Santa's workshop. I brought almost all of our Buckets contributors onto this podcast on one call. I'm I'm going to herd them like reindeer so that we can give you the best bets for this Christmas Day Slate. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Reminder that everything we talk about today can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, the best way for you to figure out where the money is coming from, also where the money is directing the line. You can follow that in the pro reports. You can get all of our content. You can access our live shows like The Favorites. You can get the Action Network podcast and the Happy Hour with Nick Giffen and that crew. You can catch so much great stuff on the Action Network app. Also make sure to check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash the Action Network. It's the absolute best way. You get so much cool stuff on there, all of our live shows. If you guys want to support us, go to the YouTube page, hit the like and subscribe button. We will go around this Zoom table that I've got and I will uh, introduce everybody. And uh, I'm going to cold call this. Give me an awesome Christmas gift that you once got. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to think about this while I blather in order to give you time to think about this as I choose which one of you fools I'm going to actually call on first. And because he's the newest, I'm definitely going to call on Andrew O'Connor Watts, who joins us on Mondays first. Andrew, how you doing? What is your, the favorite, your, what's a Christmas gift you got that you once loved? Um, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Matt. I luckily thought of something at the last second and it's, uh, was tickets to a Knicks game in the garden. Uh, when I was like, 
12 years old against the Bobcats. Uh, they were playing with, um, there were these drunk guys in front of us screaming, Okafor, you suck the whole time. It was great. I loved it. Knicks won. That's literally the only time that giving someone the Knicks is a kind thing. It's literally <laughs> the only time uh, in its history. Brian Fonseca, if you celebrate, don't have to, if, you, if, if that's not a thing you do, what's a Christmas gift that you've gotten that you liked? NBA Live 2004 in nice. 2003, my first Xbox game. Uh, I got an Xbox, I think, that same Christmas, but NBA Live 04 with Vince Carter on the cover. That was my first game, and that basically changed my life. Sean Little, if you celebrate, what's a Christmas gift that you like? Fonseca is about to make me feel old right here. I was because my favorite gift of all time easily is the Super Nintendo. When I opened, <laughs> when, I, when I ripped off the paper and saw Mario and Yoshi on the front of that Super Nintendo black and red font box, it was uh, it was electric in the little household. So yeah, Super Nintendo easy. Jim Turvey, what was the what's a gift that you got that you loved? Well, I was gonna say triple play baseball in '99, but I think we're like running too much with a theme here. So I'll zag. I'll do my other big interest. WNBA hoodie a few years back, uh, that orange hoodie. Love that thing. Wear it like six days a week, probably. So uh, that that was a pretty good gift. You should watch that, Jim. Uh, Albert, <laughs> no, Wynn, I, I have yet to watch it actually. So Albert Wynn, the analytics capper. If you celebrate, what's Christmas gift you got? Yeah, this one was tough. I was going through, you know, uh, the the memories there. So Asian American, my my parents are first generation. If you look in the dictionary, like tiger parents, that's my mom and dad, like tiger parents. I was taking piano lessons when I was, when I was like five or six. Caveat, piano lessons without a piano. I didn't have a keyboard. I didn't have a piano. Literally just like pretending while I'm going to lessons. Um, so one Christmas day, I think I was like six or seven. They actually got me like a full keyboard. So that was really fun. That's awesome. Joe Delaro, Christmas gift if you celebrate. For sure. Um, but I uh I I was a big Pokemon fan growing up and I got a I got a pack of Pokemon cards. It was like a there was like three of them. And I think I was like six years old or seven years old at the time, and I opened it. And I got, I got a Charizard. So that was, that was the big, I was running around the house saying, I got Charizard. I got Charizard still have that Charizard to this day wrapped up. You guys know the collect cards, you got to have it in the top loader. So we're sleeved in that top loader. It's nice and set. Maybe you'll ship it off to PSA and get another Christmas gift another time. That's awesome. Uh, I'll just say mine um, because I'm older than all of you. I, I, I am way older than all of you. Uh, my dad scoured Memphis, Tennessee on a road trip, and he got me the original Voltron Lions, all five of them. And I lost my fucking mind when he brought that home, like screaming around the house like Kevin McAllister. Um, you should check out a YouTube version of the show, by the way, because we are decked out, several of us, in Christmas sweaters. I've got uh, the accoutrement, and I'm actually drinking eggnog, um, which <laughs> – Jim was asking, is that real eggnog? And I said, no, it's from like a real a real dairy lately. He's like, no, I meant it's spiked, you idiot. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, reminder that all the boys can be found in the Action Network app and on Twitter. So make sure to check them out in the app. You can follow their plays in the Action Network app. Uh, we are sad to report J that Jay Money is not with us because he had dental work due today. So you will be able to get his plays in the app and uh, on his YouTube page as well. So make sure to check that out. We hope Jay feels better. Let's get down to business because Matt Mitchell is going to be like, where the fuck are the picks? All right, let's go get started here. We're going to start with the picks, with the games that we have the most picks on. And we're going to go down towards when we have the fewest. And we're, so we're going to start with the game I'll be at on Monday. The Denver Nuggets taking on 
the Golden State Warriors. Warriors off of that huge win versus the Boston Celtics. They'll have a, a game in between there. Taking on the Denver Nuggets defending champions. The Nuggets are at home for the second year on Christmas. Nuggets are a four and a half point favorite. The early look ahead line is a heads up on this. The total on this game these totals were posted kind of look ahead and I'm expecting them to be altered because we've had way scoring up. The lines have gone up with them. They haven't, there hasn't been like an edge on the overs, but so when we talk about these things, we have total plays. We'll give you ranges of where you should and should not play them. That said, the nuggets are a very popular play for us on this show. So we're going to start and let's start with Jim Turvey and why he likes the Denver nuggets minus four and a half Jim. Yeah, this is uh, the pick we're all on, which, you know, we know what what happens when when we're all on one pick. But hopefully we all give you we walk through it and and you join us and and it it doesn't happen the way we think it will happen after those those plays tend to go. But uh, for me, you know, Denver has been a little bit whatever to the spread as a whole this season. They're they're under 500 against the spread. But at home, they're still holding strong. They are still those home nuggets that we've thought of them in seasons past um, where the market just doesn't seem to quite adjust enough for for that home stadium they've got there. Um, but the bigger thing for me here is uh, the Dray- the Draymond Green of it. You know, he's missing, and the Warriors have actually played pretty well of late. A little bit of you know Ewing theory there. They've they've won uh, three in a row without him. But this this is a matchup where I think it it's really going to rear its head a little bit. You know, on on defense, he's the best option they have to even slow down Jokic. Um, but even more on the other side of the ball, the the Warriors have been a little bit of a tricky matchup at times for Denver because they can pull Jokic up in that uh, Curry and Draymond pick and roll. And you know, that's one of the t- trickier spots for him to be in defensively. Uh, that there's no there's no way to do that now. You know, Looney is not going to be able to to run the four on three like Draymond can. Um, he's he can't space out, even though Draymond at this point isn't spacing as much. It's just it takes a big bite out of their offensive attack against Denver. So honestly, I had this way higher i've had it at nuggets minus eight unadjusted um because i'm i'm not buying that having draymond green out is a plus so there's plenty of wiggle room for me on this year um i'm, I'm curious to see you know it, it sounds like everyone else is is on that path as well all right let's uh get andrew o'connor watts sense for why he's also on nuggets minus four and a half yeah so the first thing that popped to me was the line itself uh this is the exact same line that we had in denver uh, in early November against these two teams. The only difference is, okay, Draymond didn't play in that game, but neither did Jamal Murray, and he will most likely be in this game. So I don't understand why this is the same line with a player that's at least two points to the spread. Um, they're, the the Nuggets are 51-23 and 23 with Murray and Jokic since last season, 11-4 this season. But another reason uh, that I like that was – more generally, so what have been the biggest weaknesses for Denver historically or, or more recent history? Bench and defense, right? So let's start with the defense. They're 11th in adjusted defensive rating this season. They're sixth in the last 10 games, while uh, the Warriors are just 19th in the last 10 games. Uh, even a few of those games had Draymond in the lineup, and but I think Gary Payton II uh, has been a huge factor in being gone. With the bench... Uh, we know the Nuggets starters are elite, right? They're third in uh, net rating for starters, 11.7. Uh, the, the Warriors are 19th on the season, minus 1.9. But in the last five games, we've seen players like Reggie Jackson, Peyton Watson, Christian Brown really all really stepped up. Denver is fourth in bench net rating in the last five games, plus 6.4, with, with Golden State solid at 12th in bench net rating, but 
Uh, I really like the way that those those kind of those bench guys are playing. I like Reggie Jackson, uh, maybe a little 250 to one for a uh, six man of the year. I'd be curious to hear what you guys think about that. Don't want to derail us too much, but those were the big reasons. Uh, bench, defense, both massively improved since last time they, these two played. Yeah, so I think if you're if you're if you're watching this game right, and you're trying to get away from your family, and you want a live bet on this game, one thing I would tell you to look out for: the Nuggets bench has been a lot better. They've been a lot better. However, this Warriors bench has been really good with Chris Paul and Brandon Pajemski, right? Um, no Gary Payton for this one, but I do think there's probably an opportunity if the Nuggets build a big lead early. There's probably a chance to go back on Golden State. Like I think this is a good middle game. I think grabbing Nuggets minus four and a half based off of what Andrew kind of talked about with the line and where it's at, I think does kind of lean a little bit towards um, like, yeah, like I lean towards Nuggets. I may wind up playing Nuggets just because they have been so good at home. I will say this season, they're five and three ATS at home with Murray and Jokic. Like the market is wise. It's still over 500, but it's not like it has been because the market is wise to this team is a fucking demon. Like they're a wagon at home. Their losses are to the Rockets, um, the straight up the thunder straight up in a massive comeback for OKC where Denver just fell apart late. And then early season game versus Utah in a back-to-back where the nuggets screwed around and the jazz barely covered. So that's true that they've been a wagon at home, but I do think there's probably an opportunity here for like nuggets, get out to a big lead and then come back on golden state when they start to get into, into specifically the Pajemski bench minutes with Chris Paul. Like that's an opportunity where I think that there's probably value. Uh, Joe, you also, have a play on the Nuggets on minus four and a half. Why do you like this one? Yeah, like I like Denver. Uh, they've been unbelievable at home this season. 11 and two straight up plus 11.5 net rating. And the offense is just cooking 124.8 points per 100. And like Jim had kind of alluded to and Andrew as well with the with the defense of Golden State, I don't really see any way that they're going to be able to stop Denver or really slow them down. And it kind of checks out when you look at each of their individual players as well. Like Jokic is averaging a triple double against Denver against Golden State over the last uh two seasons uh murray's been dynamite 26 and 33 points in both games and mpj has been incredible as well like he's hit three or more threes in each of the four games that he's played against golden state over the last two seasons so i think that in a from a matchup perspective as well on like an individual level denver has plus matchups for each of Jokic, murray mpj and even aaron gordon who's got two double doubles in three games against uh golden state in the last two seasons so i think that on like a from a bigger bigger picture level i like denver just overall anyway uh, i think that they're a better team i think that the advanced metrics favor them as well even though golden state's interesting because their strength of schedule adjusted rating is significantly higher than yep. their actual net rating over the course of the season yep. so and it's i think it might be one of the biggest if not the biggest in the league which i think is fascinating for a couple of reasons but like on the season as a whole like they haven't really been that good when you look at their net rating but their schedule has been very difficult so it's a little bit harder to gauge them like when you're looking at their advanced metrics so i thought that was fascinating uh but overall i think that this is just a great matchup for denver and looney's looked slower so without draymond i really think think this is a very tough spot to slow down Jokic. I will say also that covering the Nuggets nightly, this is a game they'll get up for. Like they will be prepared for this one. And when they bring their fastball, it gets tough. Uh, AC, Albert Wynn, the analytics capper. What do you got? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with these these guys. They're s- super sharp. They've done all their homework. Uh, I guess my only question, just playing devil's advocate, why do you guys think that the line is so short? Short as in within two possessions, four and a half. So I think if we look at this, I'm actually kind of expecting, here's what I think. I think that these are probably heavily limited bets that you can't get down anything significant on. And that when we when the games finish on Saturday night and they know all of the injury status, that they will then reopen with other numbers. This number is already taken up to five in the market because it's probably already taken enough. There's a couple other games that are kind of looking that way in terms of some early movement. So I think that what they did was they they posted these numbers on limited because it's too far out. You can't accept high limits on these games because you don't know what the injury status is going to be like. We have we're recording this on Thursday night, so we have Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. By the way, if there is an injury where this absolutely affects things, we apologize. Like this is the best that we can do. We had to get this done so people could be with family for the holiday. But that's like I think part of it too. Andrew, you got something? Yeah, I just wanted to kind of answer Albert's uh, question because I knew I knew you were going to ask that, Albert. I knew it. I knew it. It seems too easy. Uh, I think part of it is they did. So the Warriors did cover that first game, that four and a half. Uh, earlier Um, it was a three-point game so I think part of it is that the Warriors did cover this number already right Um, adding in Jamal Murray is a couple points on the line but the Warrior the Nuggets didn't cover that original line so I was kind of taking it as that's why it didn't seem quite as fishy to me I think also I think I think instead of that though because like they're not going to necessarily change the power rating off of the the earlier outcome but what do what I do think that they'll probably do is they are probably resistant to moving the warrior like we're still early enough in the season there's still leftover that's why we've we've found value on the nets that's why there's value on OKC still that's why there's value on the wolves because there is this kind of skepticism of like, well, are you really that far off of your preseason power rating? And it's like with the warriors in particular, I'm like, yeah, I think that they are. Um, That's not to say this is a slam dunk golden state can win this game. I'm really curious to see this one. Like I'm, I don't have a play on it yet. I may have to just because that number is so, so short for the nuggets at home in a big spot, but there's something about this that does make me nervous from the perspective of like, that's whenever the Celtics was such a raw, raw spot. Like, does that shift how they feel? Sean's Sean's nodding his head. Like I'm a little, I'm just, if they had lost the Celtics game, I would have already bet this, but they, I, it's literally, they won that Celtics game. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Have they found like something to rally behind because I have so much under money on their win total, Sean? Like I'm a little worried about it because of that. It could be a little rah, rah spot, but I kind of think it's a lot of fool's gold as well. The yeah. shot making that was happening coming down the stretch in that game was absolutely unbelievable. That's one of the best step clutch games we've seen in quite a while, if we're being quite honest. And what do you know? Typical Boston Celtics melting when things get a little hot in the kitchen. That that didn't surprise me whatsoever. And Steph took advantage of that and knocked down some really big shots. The the other thing here is when do casual public guys love to bet a bunch of money? All day on the couch on big holidays. The last three games coming in to Christmas Day, we saw Steph Curry just completely destroy Boston coming down the stretch on national television on a doubleheader on TNT, whatever the only game on. Then they're getting ready to play Washington. They're going to play the Blazers. Steph probably torches those guys as we record this. And then we get into Christmas Day. If, if, if a guy sipping Matt Moore eggnog on the couch doesn't <laughs> want to take the nuggets for whatever reason, it's like, oh, this is a great spot to back 
um, the Warriors. But I think overall, that team is if if anybody's going to get hot and make difficult shots like they were making, then they're going to typically get big wins against big teams. I don't think there's a big enough rah-rah spot to go into Denver and get a W. Last point on this game, I think an interesting angle here would potentially be to take like a second, look look at like a second quarter offensive over. Andrew O'Connor Watts talked about the bench and the scoring. Denver, the last 10 games, offensive rating on the bench is number one in the NBA. It's 70 plus. And the Warriors are top 10. We know Jokic in that rotation is going to be pretty, pretty standard where he's going to play almost a vast majority of the first, if not the entire first, then come off the floor in the second. You might want to look at a spot there to potentially either get on the Warriors or depending on how you're feeling about the total over for that quarter, look into that piece as well. Also, last point, we got to get Andrew a nickname. I can't be saying this 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 whole name every time. <laughs> I, 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 I've styled, I think, on A.O. Watts. So, A.O. Watts? Okay, A. O. Watts. we could do that. I like A.O. Watts, Watts. Or, or just Watts. A lot of my friends call me Watts. If you yeah. want to do that, right, no, but the, the name is too cool not to have a nickname that's not just Watts. So we, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll get back to you. Fair enough. Fair enough. His stage name says so big. Brian Faseca, who wins this game? Got, 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 got impression. Denver and I mean, one, how could you not say Denver because of everything we've been talking about? But also, I, I kind of almost treat the Christmas Day games as playoff games because it has this sort of atmosphere. So I think Jamal Murray is somebody I would look at prop wise, uh, because he he's he could tear up this Golden State defense with Draymond Green not being there, and also Nikola Jokic is the obvious one because as Joe mentioned, averages a triple double over the last couple of years against this team. I think this is one of the these games because we haven't gotten as many of them as I would have thought this season that we see. Oh shit, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, you know, reminded that they're maybe the best duo in the NBA, fresh off a title. And I think they could both be in line for big games. So I'll be looking at their overs as well to see what those props are going to be that day. But I'm almost treating these games, this one in particular, like it's a playoff game because I'm expecting that type of atmosphere. Uh, one more on this one to wrap up. Uh, I've got a, a best bet on the over 230 and a half. There is not a number that this is going to repop at that I would say that I'm not going to be on it. I have this projected uh, at 246.6. Uh, the... the Nuggets have gone under at home. They play a really slow pace. The Warriors will speed them up a little bit. The Warriors in road games, eight and six to the over. And more importantly, they are nine and five to the opponent team total over. Denver's putting up a big number here. Denver's defense has slid over the last couple of weeks. So their overall numbers are going to be a little bit skewed. I really like the 230 and a half over here. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's go to the next game, which we actually have a little bit of a crossfire on. And it's uh, got, we get a lot of interested parties in this one with who we got on the call right now. <laughs> Let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Miami Heat. This line, absolutely a preposterous, ridiculous Miami Heat minus one and a half at home. Again, I want to just like reiterate that. The look ahead line that you could still bet actively at this point is the Miami Heat minus one and a half at home we have best bets on it from several i will start with jim turvey why are the sixers your play plus one and a half i i almost feel like this is like uh you know this is joe's land but this feels like like i'm in the courtroom i'm like honestly like you have to prove it to me because to me this number is absolutely crazy so i know we do have someone here who's gonna prove it to me and i i love that but i mean the sixers right now are the second best team adjusted net rating and, you know, some of that's getting fat on that that schedule that we talked about, you know, really soft schedule. But they now have wins over Phoenix, Boston, Indy, OKC, the Lakers, the Wolves most recently. I mean, they they clearly are in a, a pretty good zone with where they are right now. Uh, you know, Miami does have Bam back, but now Jimmy's a little bit banged up. But I, I just at full strength, even I don't see how this team with these two teams as they are can, can be considered, uh, you know, a point, a point and a half separating these two teams right now. Again, this is I have this vastly off of this. I have I have Philly favored. I have Philly favored by about three and a half. So I I want to I want to be brief because I I really want to hear the other side of this because you know even even in our little you know pregame banter here, Albert was saying you know it, it smells a little fishy. So I, I I'm with you and I want to hear uh, hear why you're you're on the other side. Well, before we do that, I want to I want to get the the full Sixer side and then we'll okay. hit AC who's got a best play best bet on the Heat. Um, shocker here, by the way, the Brian Fonseca does not take heat money line here. Um, Andrew O'Connor, Ayo Watts, what, uh, why are you on the Sixers in this spot? Um, I haven't bet the Sixers here. I lean heavily to the Sixers. I, part of what kept me off of them is the line just seemed fishy. Kind of that again, kind of Albert in my head being like, why is it this, why is it this line? So I am going to dig a little deeper, but I so far have not made a bet on this. I'm yeah, I'm staying away for now. Okay. Uh, I have a best bet. I've already bet it. I've bet Sixers. And there's a lot of reasons that AC is, is going to tell you that I get, and I get it's a tough spot. Uh, for me, this is, do you believe in the Sixers or do you not? And I will tell you that right now, right, right, right now, because it is not, there's no, <laughs> there there are no flowers on trees. The, the weather is below 30 degrees. This is a great time to believe in the Philadelphia 76ers. When when the the days are short, you want to bet Philly. As they get longer, that we go the other way. But I will give the floor to AC here, who has a best bet on the Heat minus one and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm on the Heat, but I do want to give Philly its flowers. Like we, I don't think we have to caveat this team. This is a legit championship contending team. I know the history is rough, um, but there's no James Harden to really talk about anymore. But if you look at their you know adjusted ratings, they're either top one or top two in the league. Joel Embiid looks like he's primed for a back-to-back MVP type season. They're 19 and eight again, second and adjusted net rating, whereas Miami is way down in 16th. So this on the surface looks like a, you know, a David versus Goliath type matchup. And I'm, I'm not saying Miami's that bad. All right. Sorry, Brian. I'm not saying Miami's that bad. 
But if you just look at the numbers, <laughs> if you just Brian look at the numbers, Brian is not a Heat fan, by the way. Why, not a Heat yeah. fan, Brian is Brian. We just gets tagged here. No, he yeah. is. He is. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, I, I know, I fully realize that it's a trap, right? Portland was favored last week. I was on them. They lost by 40. Denver was favored tonight. I'm on them minus two. I think they just took the lead. Just call me Mandalorian. I see the trap. I'm going to try to fight out of it. I think this is another, you know, one of the sharp, really short favorites that actually pan out. And if you guys follow me, I'm really against short favorites in all sports, right? College football, if you look at the last 10 years, short favorites, when I say short favorites, it's minus one and minus one and a half at home. They're only hitting 47%. NFL, same thing, minus one, minus one and a half. They're only hitting 45%. In the NBA, however, where home court advantage is more at the forefront than other sports, in my opinion, the NBA, they're actually hitting 54% ATS when it's minus one, minus one and a half at home. And then you look at spots. I'm not talking about the team specifically, because if you look, if you ask me about, about the Sixers, I do believe in the Sixers more than the Heat. But this specific spot, right? So we're recording this on Thursday. Philly has to play Toronto at home on Friday and then fly to Miami. That means they're going to be celebrating Christmas Eve in Miami. Away from family, yikes. yikes! Away from family, away from you know loved ones, hotels, whatever the case may be. Whereas Miami is at home on Friday against the at, against the Hawks. They're home again on Christmas Day against the 76ers. So they have a nice weekend plan, right? They could get they could get fat and lazy, but I think they're going to get motivated. Coach Spo and I just checked this right before, and it's kind of you know mind blowing. He's coached the Heat for eight games in Christmas Day games. He's 8-0. Yes, four of those games included LeBron James, but four of them didn't. So he's 4-0 without LeBron James. He hasn't had a Christmas Day game since 21. He's back on Christmas. I like Coach Spo. I'm going to take the minus one and a half. The spot, I will agree, is not is not great here. It's just that like there's such a huge gap between these two teams. Now, the problem is, like, look, when Bam came back and they got that win the other night, like last night I upgraded them huge because that win over Orlando was like, that was a dominant, that was a statement win. And I think that with Bam and with how Jaime Hawkins is playing, um, they're in a really good spot. But at the same time, Tyler Hero's back. So I don't know, like you have to downgrade them as well. Um, so I don't know like how to how to kind of balance that out. I for me, this is just like I can't I can't get to this number. Like if the here are dogs here, sure, but I've got them six point dogs at home based off of the power rating. I agree the spot's not great, but when I have that much of an edge, I just, and here's the, here's the one of the, I think the bigger things. Bam's had a lot, I've loved the, honestly, the most money I've ever made on a single NBA game was two seasons ago, betting on the Miami Heat to win game five at home versus the Sixers. Like I loaded, I was like, this is the one that I'm just going to load up on. And I went nuts on that game because I was so confident in Bam Adebayo's ability to match up with Embiid. It worked out. That said. I do think that this team with Nick Nurse is fundamentally different that than everybody else. I think it's a a much different. I think this is a different Sixers team, and I'm willing to believe it. Sean Little is laughing, so I want to know what Sean thinks uh, about this spot. No, you guys believe in the Sixers, huh? Well, here you go. Here's here's plus one and a half on Christmas Day. A nice big present for you guys <laughs> under the tree for everyone that loves the Sixers. There you go. Here's a point and a half. Enjoy the free money while you guys sit back and hang out with your family and just watch the Sixers come into town and, and roll those guys out. 
Come Damn. on, fellas. Now let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Philly here. Sincerely, one quality road win, and that was at Oklahoma City when they played the Thunder. I don't want to hear about any of these numbers the last two weeks because they played Detroit twice, Washington twice, Atlanta. The, the, I don't know where I don't know even how this schedule happened. I actually tweeted out it must be nice to be a Sixers fan because you just play the Pistons and the Wizards every night and everyone just has a really good time. So then, okay, then we get to the game where it's like, all right, they're going to play Minnesota. Let's see what happens here. Minnesota's awesome. Embiid and Maxi just go absolutely ballistic and score 81 combined. So I'm still a little bit, the jury's still very much out on the Philadelphia 76ers, the net rating, all that stuff is so bolstered up by them beating up on these really bad teams. I'm really interested to see how they go into Miami. And AC, we talked about this on Buckets the other night. I fell into the trap and took the Rockets minus three against the Hawks. And I couldn't figure out why there wasn't, why the number wasn't bigger. I had it more at like five, five and a half. And AC said, when I look at the board and I saw that Houston was only three, it was alarm bells going off that maybe that's a game I should stay away from. When I looked and saw the Philadelphia 76ers were getting points against Miami on Christmas Day, absolute red flag for me. The only way I would look at this game is Miami or nothing. But this is a, a, a very much a stay away. Let's see if they can continue to uh, keep rolling on the road now. They've been home beating up on bad teams, and they got a trillion from Embiid and, Embiid and Maxi versus the Timberwolves, which just happens in the NBA. I'm very interested to see how this game shakes out. There's no way I could back Philly here, though. Um, let's go to AC. Quick. Yeah, Brian mentioned it earlier. Christmas Day games for a regular season game is probably the closest you're going to get to uh, as a playoff atmosphere in terms of fan interaction, engagement, coaching scheme, scheme wise, because they're going to have an extra day, right? Either of practice on, on Saturday, maybe, uh, not really. I'll, I'll go ahead and push back on that one. They won't. Do okay. That. No, no extra practice, but I, I, I feel like the intensity level does ramp yeah, up on Christmas day. And when it's playoff type basketball, when the pace is slow, Miami is 25th in pace. When, uh, you know, possessions are at a paramount, you're not getting Dwight Powell guarding Joel Embiid. You're getting Bam out of bio. You're not getting, you know, Joe Schmo that's on a normal regular season rotation guarding Tyrese Maxey. You're going to get Jimmy Buckets. Like, it's a different animal. It's a different beast Christmas Day is. And I, I think the value here is not Miami. And I'm not saying Philly is the wrong play. It's just not a play that I would do. So it's either Miami or nothing at all. Uh, Jim, I'll get to you in just one second, but Brian Fonseca looks like a pig and shit right now. So I just want to kind of get his reaction to AC's points and what he thinks about the game. I mean, look, going by my logic and this being like a playoff atmosphere, there's no way I'm backing Philly in that. It's just not happening. Like they just have to prove it to me and I'm going to remain a skeptic of Philadelphia, a skeptic of Minnesota, a skeptic of like all these new and fun sort of teams that are like doing really well right now until we get to later in the year. We can talk about them in April, May, if they get there. Philly is one of these teams. Love Tyrese Maxey. Think he's great. Think he's going to be an all-star. He's going to give the Heat problems. Joel Embiid, well, his prop against the Raptors, just for context, is 35 and a half points over or under. And if that's going to be anything close to that for this game, that shit is an under. 
It's not happening. He has not had a 30-point game against Bam against the Heat since December 28th of 2019. If this shit is going to be 33, 34, 35, like I like that under more than I like even the game. But going on the game straight up, um, my one red flag here for Miami, and this is a major one, so I understand if people want to get off, but in fourth quarters this year, they are 8-20, and 20, and their point differential is minus 104. 104. <laughs> that is not great, right? But I think that they're, I don't think that's going to stay there all season long, right? I think this is a team like now that, they're healthier, I guess we can say, although Jimmy now has a sudden calf strain, but I think it's just a bullshit Jimmy Butler, I'll take a game off injury. Um, I think they'll all be there for Christmas, and if that's the case, then Joel Embiid's going to be inefficient again, and he's going to have problems, and Tyrese Maxey will probably be the sort of engine for the Philadelphia 76ers and that. But there's no way, there's no way, like, I'm I'm with AC. It's either, it's either I take Miami or I just stay away because – there's reason not to trust either team in this spot, in my opinion. And for me, I would lean Miami and I'm probably going to take Miami because duh, have you observed my reactions to things for the last five or so minutes, but that Joel Embiid over under, if that shit is 33, 34, 35, I'm banging the under like there's, right. there's no way unless Bam is in foul trouble, which doesn't happen very often for an NBA center. Yeah. We'll get more on that in a second from Joe too. Uh, I want to go to uh, Jim, Jim, what do you got? Yeah, so actually, I think that, that Brian's point right there about Embiid and, and Tashawn and Albert's point about talking about like playoff atmosphere, I think the biggest thing in a playoff atmosphere that Embiid, one of the biggest things he struggles with is the whistle gets tighter, right? And we saw that in the Minnesota game, he got quick fouls on Gobert, quick fouls on Towns, and those guys were to the bench. That was a huge factor in that game being as, as lopsided as it was. So I think, you know, hopefully a lot of people are going to be watching these games. You don't have to bet it pregame. You can bet it live. So watch and see how that whistle is because two things, Miami has better depth to handle foul trouble than some other teams. So I think that's, you know, a point towards Albert and Sean sign. I'm still, I still have too much of a, a gap, you know, in terms of the spread to, to hop over to Miami, but keep an eye on how the whistle is. If, if they are, calling it tight and Embiid sending guys to the bench quickly, then yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Philly. If it starts to be like, you know, Embiid's not getting those calls that he's gotten all season, eh, Philly starts to look a little bit more sus. So I think I, you know, if it's truly a playoff atmosphere, those whistles get swallowed a little bit, then maybe that is a, a factor towards Miami in this. Here's two more to scare the absolute shit out of those of us that are betting the Sixers in this game. Uh, the last seven matchups, Bam, in the reg just regular season, never mind the playoff series two years ago, last regular season matchups, the, he the Bam has won seven of nine versus Miami. When Bam has played, they are they are seven and two. Uh, also, Eric Spolstra, since taking over as head coach of the Miami Heat in 2008, eight and oh, straight up, seven and one against the spread on Christmas. What the fuck have I done? Uh, we'll see how this, but you know what? I'm sticking with it because here's the thing. I totally agree with all of you. The number's still wrong here. You can't get to sit. You cannot get to heat minus one and a half. Like we are talking, if we put Sixers and Boston on the same tier, is Boston favored in Miami? Yes. Boston's favored in Miami. If this is five and a half, I I'm probably betting the heat based off all these trends, but like, I need a rah-rah Eric Spolster spot. I don't I don't want minus one and a half. If they're trapping me, they're trapping me. I can't get there on the line. Uh, Joe, before we switch games, give me your cap. Uh, Brian mentioned it, but what's your cap on Joel Embiid under, let's put it at 33 and a half. 
Yeah, that's kind of where I was thinking it would be. Um, he's only gone over 30 points in two of 19 games head-to-head against Bam Adebayo. And Jim actually brought up an excellent point about the free throws. So on the course of the season, over the last th- really uh two seasons he's averaged 11.7 free throws per game against uh bam out of bio over his last 10 games he's only getting 7.9 making 6.7 in the games that he's gone under uh 30 points this season the commonality is that he's seeing single digit free throw attempts so bam's ability to contain himself and like essentially watch his hands basically because that's what mb does he gets the hand bait and then that's what carl anthony towns rudy gobert both kind of fell for in that minnesota game if he's if they're able to which bam has been able to do successfully is not put Embiid on the free throw line and if the whistle's a little bit tighter as well then maybe we don't see that those extra opportunities where the clock stopped and he's an actual he's actually an excellent free throw shooter so I think that all of those things kind of matter. Additionally, when we look at the pace of this game, Miami's playing at one of the slowest paces in the NBA. So I think this is a pace down spot for Philadelphia. But couple that with the fact that you're looking at, you know, that's kind of like playoff game atmosphere. This game to me seems ripe for a slower pace game where Bam Adebayo can kind of give Embiid a little bit of difficulty. And the thing is too, if Embiid scores 30 points, you're everyone's going to be like, yeah, he had a pretty good game. But when we're looking at the way this prop is, been 33 and a half is not out of the question for us to see that type of line just at the numbers that he's putting up and the the what he's been able to hit previously in a bunch of these games so give me under 33 and a half i would i would take it down like i would even play some all unders to be honest with you because over his last 10 games he's only averaging 21.9 points per game against bam out of bio so i might be looking for an all under on Embiid to be honest with you Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, this is Action Network Audio Director Matt Mitchell. Thanks so much for joining us and for making Buckets and the Action Network family of podcasts a part of your holiday season. We do appreciate it. I want to share my favorite NBA Christmas story, which features one Larry Bird, who attended Indiana State University with my in-laws in the late 1970s. They're the ones who first told me this story and it was later corroborated and immortalized in the lovely 2009 book When the Game Was Ours by Jackie McMullen. This story takes place just before Christmas 1986 in the Boston Garden when the Indiana Pacers, led by rookie sensation Chuck Person, were visiting the Celtics. Before the game, legendary psychopath Larry Bird approached Chuck Person and said, hey, rookie, I've got a Christmas present for you. Then during the game, which was a tightly contested back and forth contest, as the Celtics were just trying to pull away from the Pacers, Larry Bird shot a three-pointer. And then with the ball still in mid-flight, as he went to run back up the court, he turned to the Indiana bench, looked directly at rookie Chuck Person and said, Merry fucking Christmas. Just as the ball, his only three-pointer of the game, went through the net. 
the Celtics would go on to win and cover as 10 and a half point favorites. So on behalf of Larry Bird, the Buckets team, and the entire Action Network family, I do want to wish you and your family a Merry fucking Christmas as well, and a Happy New Year. Thanks so much for listening, and good luck. Great stuff there. Let's move on to the next game, and it's Knicks and Bucks. Got a little bit less on this one, but I think it's still going to get some good stuff on it. Sean Little, let's go to you. You are on those New York Knickerbockers. They are uh, getting three and a half points versus the Milwaukee Bucks at home. There's a there was a four and a half in the market. Now look at three and a half. What uh, is your you like the Knicks here? Tell me why. Yeah, really interesting spot with. They play the Bucks on Saturday as well. It's an afternoon game, and then they have the day off. Then Christmas Day, they play the Bucks again in that early window. That's a very unique situation for both of these teams to be in. I was initially leaning to the to the over, which we'll get to, and then I was looking at the first half over, and then overall, I think what'll get me a a more prominent slip, maybe a heavier slip on the Knicks, is if the Bucks win the first game on Saturday. The Bucs win the first game on Saturday. This is the second game of the Dupac spot at home on Christmas Day. I do like the Knicks a lot more to cover the number. But more than anything, the Knicks have become a uh, an over team. Without Mitchell Robinson overall, it's been a lot more offense. They're now tinkering with Josh Hart at the center position. They're trying to scramble and figure, figure that piece out. Taj Gibson got some run. But that's not going to be the answer for for more than a than a band aid patchwork type of situation. Hardenstein's still going to be there, but he can't play forty eight minutes. They they've now become an over team, and we know that the Milwaukee Bucks have been absolutely lights out to the over nineteen and eight overall. The uh, the Knicks are fifteen and two overall to the over as well. Bucks seven and three to the over on the road. So if I like the over either way in this spot, depending on what what number gets posted and finalized. If the Knicks lose the first game, I'll take the points in the second spot of the duplex on Christmas. I just know Jalen Brunson and those guys are going to show up in that big spot. And they're familiar with those guys. And if they lose that Saturday game, I believe this is like nine straight losses to the Bucs. So they 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 eventually will have that. You know, I had to shout out, shout out our guy Jay, revenge spot for the Knicks to eventually get a W and knowing they saw those guys two nights prior pay attention to the first game of that duplex spot on saturday it'll tell you a lot i believe for that monday uh christmas day game uh by the way jay was kind enough to send over a best bet and guess what it is nicks plus four and a half he is on this <laughs> this game right here uh ac is thinking the exact same way that i am and uh ac i'll let you go and say a conditional play for you tell me what the conditions are for you to make a play on this game it's just such a unique scheduling quirk, right? They're playing Saturday morning, if you will, 11 or, or noon, something like that. And then they're rematching again on on Monday morning. So I doubt the Bucks are going to leave New York. It's another one of those spots where the visiting team is going to stay over and enjoy Christmas Eve in, in New York City. So um, yeah, if they lose Saturday night, if the Knicks lose Saturday night, especially in blowout type fashion, then I like the Knicks to kind of bounce back on on Monday, Christmas Day. Uh, I am the opposite. I want the Knicks to win on Saturday. Uh, duplex spot, playing within three days, and you're a dog at home in both games since 2019. If you win 
that first game. If you pull off that upset and then you're an underdog at home again, which they will be, that will not change the line for the Monday game. 15 and 25 straight up, 16 and 24 for 40% ATS. So the favorite, the road favorite after losing that first set, if they're favored in that second one is 60% against the spread. So um, if I haven't made this a best bet yet, I will wait for that game. And if the Knicks lose, I will probably struggle with this because I, the Bucks are a team that all my numbers are going to be like, fade them. They're bitches. Fade them. And I have to be like, no, they're a really good team model. That's they're a really, they're a championship contender. They just have a lot of bad defensive games on the schedule. They could still definitely win this game by margin. Part of the thing with this team that's hard to evaluate is their offense is so goddamn good. It is so good that it's really difficult to like get a, it. They, they can, they can not play well and cover the number because their offense is so insane. Um, I like the spot for the Knicks. I like all those opportunities, but for me, I think it's going to be bucks or nothing uh, if they lose in that Saturday game. I'll probably, what I think I'll do is I'll bet the Knicks on Saturday and then I'll look to bet the bucks in the second one because yeah really quick Delara knows like the Knicks have been on just a flat out roller coaster they win one they lose one they win one they lose one and Tom Thibodeau and the guys coming off of a loss this year are eight two and one to this against the spread coming off of a loss so if they do lose that Saturday game the heightened atmosphere and being Christmas day at the garden could be an even additional pick me up for them coming off a loss but like we've been mentioning this is a very unique spot that you don't see very often two straight a duplex plot with two day games on Saturday and then a holiday. So pay attention there. There is no way that when the total reopens that this is the number that it's at. But the <laughs> early look at it, Andrew Aowath is like, no, <laughs> uh, the total on this game that uh, on the look ahead was two twenty three and a half. Uh Surprise, surprise. I'll, I'll be betting <laughs> if this does open at 223 and a half, I will absolutely jam the over into oblivion. Um, yeah. I will say that yeah. there's no number this is going to pop at that I won't be on the over because I have this 245. Um, AO, you've got it. What do you have this one projected at? Yeah, 246.3. So, oh, they have a, a the Bucks have a 127.4 offensive rating last five games, Knicks 121.1. And yeah, Knicks without Mitch. Bucks defense. That's a yeah. That's an over. I I just don't. I have no. I have the Bucks defense is not good. Still not yeah. good. No. I keep. I, they've improved, and so I was like, okay, maybe they've gotten the defense together. So I'm checking clean the glass. I'm like the last two weeks, 18th in defensive rating. They're not good. They're just not good. So uh, over is gonna be my best bet play there. We do have Jim. You have a have have a same game parlay, which God oh, bless yeah. you, sir. Oh boy. <laughs> actually so this this sean was talking his his cap of the game i was like yeah i've got to play for that cap of the game if you want a little little lotto ticket to start the day maybe it floats the rest of your bets the rest of the day you don't even have to stress this land so uh it's gonna be jalen brunson and nick's money line and now obviously this is not out there in the market yet i'm thinking you can get something around brunson 30 plus and a nick's money line around plus 350 um, but you know how we do it here. We're going to do a little, uh, I'll talk through the cap and then we'll talk through some, some ways we can escalate this, bring it, bring it a little bit higher. But I mean, Brunson was basically created in a lab to, to just maul this drop defense for, for the bucks here. I mean, he's got the crazy mid range game, which has been bouncing back lately. He's shooting 47% from three this season. 
Uh, we've seen the Bucks get dominated by guards time and time and time and time again this season. Um, Brunson did it to him once already in that first in-season tournament game this season. He hit him for 45. Last year, he hit him for 44. That's when they had Drew Holiday. Um, and Brunson is just that guy that, you know, in a big Christmas Day game, like Sean was saying, like, that garden's going to be electric. He's going to be throwing up the celly like Sean just threw there. It, it's going to be... It's going to be good. So, you know, we, we talk about the ladder versus the escalator, which is it going to be? This is going to be the escalator for me because it's going to be, I'm going to put my foot on the first ring of this. And then all of a sudden I'm going to be at the top because I'm going to not know how to stop betting it. It's going to be Nick's 50 or uh, Brunson 50 plus and Nick's minus 10 and a half, you know, some crazy number. I'm going to be at the top <laughs> of the escalator looking back like what just happened, but it, it's too good. You, you got to do it. Uh, float, float your bankroll for the, the start of the day. So yeah, a little same game parlay action for you. Uh, to that end, Joe Delera is, is not as, as, uh, ambitious as <laughs> Jim Turvey, but he does also have a play on Jalen Brunson in this game. Yeah. Surprisingly, I'm not on it, on it that high, but look, I like Brunson to go over his points line. Um, we'll probably see like a 25 and a half. I think, um, uh, he had 24 and 45 against the bucks. The only reason I think he didn't go over that, uh, he didn't really crush in the other game. He finished at 24. He was 0 for five from three. We haven't really seen that that often from Brunson this season. Additionally, when we look at point guards against the Milwaukee bucks, like they're just smacking uh Kyrie Irving 39 LaMelo 37 Luca 35 Brunson's obviously averaging 34 four and a half Maxi 31 like the list goes on and on so I I really do like the spot for Brunson um I I think that the line is just going to be a bit too low and especially with the way these defenses have kind of been situated this at this point in the season Brian Fonseca has another reason why uh, Brunson did not go over in that last first game. third quarter that Jay, that that Julius Randall's probably played this season because that game I remember I was on Green Dot Daily I was like take Jalen Brunson over because he's gonna every time he sees Brooke Lopez his eyes light up and <laughs> he wants to just float over him and shoot over him from like 16 feet out that's what he does but in that particular game in the third quarter the Knicks are playing pretty well leading up to this Julius Randle decides as the Bucs are getting hot from three. This is my only concern with the Jalen Brunson over. The Bucs are getting hot from three. And then Julius Randle decides, I'm going to take a lot of turnaround fadeaways from two in order to combat this. And I'm going to go one-on-one with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez over and over again. And I'm going to shoot any shot I want. And Nick fans, not y'all, Nick fans were like, oh, Julius Randle had an amazing game. He had over 40 points. He shot 14 from 19. But I was like, you, I saw that third quarter. And he took them out of the game. And I was like, no, like this is this is what's scary about this is what's scary about betting Jalen Brunson overs for me is if Julius Randle is gonna do this <laughs> shit. So but I love I love Jul- I love Jalen Brunson in the spot. And I do think the Knicks should cover. We'll see. But I'm probably gonna bet whoever loses on Saturday, I'm probably gonna take them on Monday. Yeah, as long as Randall's not the Grinch. Julius Grinch, you're a mean one, <laughs> Mr. Grinch. Your arms—they are so short. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, by the way, give up the third most points to pick and roll ball handler this season via Synergy Sports. They give up, as a comparison here, to put this in perspective, they give up 21.1 points a game just to the ball handler and pick and roll. Not just not with the roller, not on kickouts, just the ball handler coming off and scoring 21.1 points per game. They are closer to number two Detroit than they are to number four Boston. So, like, it's bad. So, yeah, hard to argue with this spot. Let's go to Celtics-Lakers uh, and talk about this one. 
I have not, we don't have a lot on this game, so I'll go quickly. Uh, I have an under on this game, under 239 and a half. Lakers unders are 10 and three at home. I projected this down to 232.9. I don't have any sort of reason to think that this number will be drastically off this point. The numbers on Boston on is are pretty high consistently since they have a top five offense and they score on everybody. But look, the Lakers bring a lot of physicality and they do have wings and they have the, this is a good setup because you kind of saw it in the Warriors game. If you have the ability to deter Boston from taking shots at the rim, they will settle for jumpers. And the Lakers defense is pretty good. Um, I don't lean towards Lakers on on the spread whatsoever. That is not a thing that I that I am interested in betting. I do not want to to at all bet on the Lakers. If anything, I I kind of lean towards the Celtics here, only a, a point and a half favorite. This should be more. They're a much better team than the Lakers. But the spot, I think, is good for L.A., and the spot is specifically good for L.A. because of their defense. So with this number at 239.5, there is a 236.5 that popped in the market earlier. I'm still fine with that. Anything that's above that's above 234, I think this is an underplay. So um, that's going to be my side on this. I will ask uh, AC, what's kind of like your lean on this game? Like, what do you think about this Lakers-Celtics matchup? Yeah, this one's tough. Um I'm really going to see if Jason Tatum's playing, to be honest, to to even have a opinion on this game because he did sit out against Sacramento. And then you saw guys like Hauser and those guys kind of shot. They were on fire the other night. So, um, again, the Lakers are a really tough team to read. I don't have an opinion on this uh, specific game. Sean, what do you think about this game? Yeah, this is uh, this is LeBron James on Christmas. I'm looking at the over PRA. It should be around... 42 and a half is my guess. It'll be somewhere right around that number. Joe Dallaire would, would know better than me, but it should be right Checks around that 41 and a half, 42 and a half number. LeBron James, uh, three of his last four Christmases, he's gone over that 42 and a half number. If we go back to 2022 last year versus the Maps, he had 38, six and five. 2021 versus the Nets, 39, nine and seven. Versus the Mavs, he went under in this spot. This is the one under. He had 22, 10 and seven. But they were up 11 going into the fourth, and he only played 31 minutes in that game. It was an easy W for the Lakers. And then go back to uh, 2019 versus the Clippers. He had 23-10-9. So last two times also LeBron James has played the Boston Celtics. He has been extremely active. Once was January of this year. He had 30 field goal attempts. He had, he was 40, he had 41, 9, and 8. And then the game before that, it was 2022, he had 25 attempts. How many more Christmas games does LeBron James have? I know that's coming across his mind as well. I expect LeBron in, uh, on Christmas Day to show up in a major way like he's shown up year in, year out. Also, if you watched the game the other night versus the Bulls, he's out, as we record this, he's sitting out the second leg of a back-to-back. He, he came with the Lakers fatigue excuse. He said, fatigue is hitting us from every which way. And I... All that What that indicates to me is that, first of all, he was going to sit out that second leg. I actually was talking about this with a couple people. Start listening to these post-game pressers with LeBron and veterans and things like that. He basically said right after the Bulls game, he said it without saying it, he insinuated, yo, I'm getting ready to sit out the second leg of this back-to-back. I'm not interested in playing this next game. It's not going to happen. I won't be around. I'm tired. Is basically what he said. Then he has they have one more game in between before Christmas. That's at Oklahoma City. We'll see if he shows up there, but I know he'll be energized and ready to go at home on Christmas Day. Give me the over PRA, 41 and a half, 42 and a half, wherever, wherever whatever they hang on the board. Joe Delaire, you got something for me? 
Yeah, just looking at this, um, one of the things that I was noticing uh, for Boston anyway is they've been giving up a lot of threes to point guards and like shooting guards throughout the throughout this season. So there might be an angle for like even an Austin Reeves uh, over threes or D'Angelo Russell over threes. Just oh. a couple of the angles because just the way that they've been playing defense, they've been surrendering that shot. So we'll have to kind of see where these lines come out, but maybe we can get like a one and a half on D'Angelo Russell. He'll start hot. And then he probably won't see the floor in the fourth quarter. So, but uh, I think that might be an angle for that. Joe, you do you know what betting on D'Angelo Russell in a big game environment is? Look, it's the first quarter. Look I around mean... you, Helen. We're at the threshold of hell. What are you doing? Hey. Put the flying squirrel in the tree in Christmas vacation. What are you doing? Depending on where you're at uh, and where you celebrate the holidays, you might prefer to be watching D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, LeBron James, by the way, last uh, 12 seasons, six and six straight up and six and six against the spread on Christmas. But the under is eight and four. All right, let's go to we'll wrap up with Mavericks and Suns. Uh, Albert, you're you and I are, are in lockstep on this. Um, this is an injury contingent play. Tell me what the injury that you're watching for in this game is. Yeah, for those who follow me on Twitter, um, you guys know I'm in Dallas. I'm very, very close to the Mavericks team. And so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start it out by saying there's players in the NBA. If they're if they're out of the game, they're going to adjust the line by two, two and a half, some even three points, right? And then there's some players that are out of the game and the lines do not adjust. But for those who follow the sport really closely, they we do understand that these players have a huge impact on the game. And I'm talking about Derek Lively. Um, not only does he provide size and athleticism for this team on offense and defense, especially defensive rebounding, but the alternate to Derek Lively is just really, really bad. There's no <laughs> rim protection at all. And I like Dwight Powell as a player. He's just undersized and underskilled to be a, a starting caliber center for a winning team. And so if there's no Derek Lively in this game, I would look for Suns team total over if you don't want to touch the spread. I will look for Kevin Durant overs, Devin Booker overs. It's going to be a layup line with Dwight Powell in there. I've got a huge edge here on the over. And so like, I want to bet it, but I'm worried that this is going to be such a blowout that I'm going to wind up getting like nothing on that. So maybe I should just bet the Suns based on like, that's probably what I'll do is if Lively's out, yeah. I'll just bet Phoenix and Phoenix has been a good spot to fade, but I think that's a, a pretty good opportunity. Brian, you got a prop that you want to talk about for this, for this game. I mean, how could you not look at Luca PRA? Right. You know, like yep. Christmas Day and we talk about players that are potentially in for big nights. I'm not sure what Phoenix, shorthanded Phoenix, is going to do defensively to try to stop him. I think Luca could be in for one of those like ridiculous 40-11-9 type of lines uh, in this spot. Um, I'm not sure where I would lean team-wise, but Luca, I'm going to be zeroing in on his props, his PRA and points in particular, because I don't think Phoenix is going to have much for him. Yeah, we'll see. Um, they are so shorthanded right now. Just like they are not able to really compete with these teams. They need Lively and Kyrie back immediately. They just don't have the structure. They don't have anything else supporting them to kind of get them there. And the defense is really bad. So I like that team total play as well from AC. Does anybody else have anything else on the Christmas Day slate today that I forgot to get to? Because we had so many bets. I did it. I did it. It's a Christmas miracle. All right. Uh, you can catch all these guys in the Action Network app and on Twitter. You can catch LX Kepper, AC, Albert Wynn. You can catch Jim Turvey, Turvey Betts. You can catch Andrew O'Connor Watts, which I always forget. His I always forget your handle. What is it again in AL Watts? 
A.O. Watts, 13. 13. The number is what I always forget. <laughs> Joe Delera is makes it very simple for me, so I should stop bitching about his name because I can at least remember <laughs> that. Joe Delera. Uh, Brian Fonseca on Twitter as well. And Sean Little is at Chicago Flow. Brian, yours is Brian Fonseca, yes? With an N-Y at the end because that's where I'm born and raised. Yeah, that's nice. Traitor. <laughs> heat sympathizer. Tim's on. <laughs> uh, all right. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks so much, my my producer, David Payne, for doing this episode. I know it's going to be a little bit extra work, so we thank David for his help. Thanks to our video team, Hutton Jackson and the crew, for getting this up on YouTube.com slash The Action Network. My thanks to you, for to all of the listeners. Our show has been such a success for Action Network, and we're so excited for it. I love doing this show. It's been absolutely fantastic. This is the last show for the year. We'll be around next week. Uh, I will not towards the end of the week because I'm going to Disney World, motherfuckers. Um, but you will have best bets throughout the week uh, to keep you updated. And then we'll hit the new year and we'll be off and running. Hope you guys have great bets on Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas if you celebrate. We'll see you guys again next time. And until then, ho, 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 let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.